doing anything like that. Immediately, the entire national news media, coast to coast, Midwest, West, South, oh, he's going Notre Dame. Just done. I mean, now Riley Leonard hasn't said anything, but just it's done, guys. It's done. Dave Hooker with us, Tennessee, eight and four. Not horrible. I'd call that a disappointment, though. Dave, give me a couple of players who could come back, but you're convinced they're gone. Uh, I won't say convinced they're gone yet, but I think Jalen Wright, the running back, has right. a reason to look to go to to the pros. I mean, that, to me, he looks like an NFL tailback. Um, there aren't a lot of special NFL tailbacks like Derrick Henry's maybe the only one. Um, so I, I don't know that he looks special, and it's a lot that he goes, but you know as well as I do that, that you only have so much tread on that tire, and you'd like to get that second contract, especially as a running back, that are devalued there. The other one I'm hearing rumblings on, even though he's told people around him he plans on returning, is Brew McCoy. Um, I think it would be wise for him to return, but I also had a scout tell me that he thought Brew McCoy, a uh, wide receiver who suffered a season-ending injury in September, um, was one of the best natural NFL prospects on the team. So, therefore, it might behoove him, even if he were drafted in the fifth or sixth round, to go and then get to that again, that second contract. And then the one that I think is pretty simple is Cooper Mays that we reported on Off the Hook Sports didn't go through a senior day uh, over the weekend. And I think it's pretty simple. The rookie... A minimum is $750,000 a year. I don't think that Cooper or any other player on this team, with the exception of a guy named Nico, can get to that. But if it's comparable, then is it the worst idea to come back and, and hopefully have a helpful, uh, healthy season and that would help him in the draft, as wasn't the case last year or this year? What about John Campbell? John Campbell, I mean, it just feels like he's leaving. Um but I don't think that's that's a definite at this point. He's kind of one of those that are in a large group of guys that it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they up and went for like I, I said before that second contract get that first one out of the way, um, you know. And I don't know how much money too is laying around because originally, Bill, it's a different conversation, but. NIL was designed to do what? It was designed to help players that are on the team contributing. And it got away from that really quick when you started hearing about guys like Nico making 8 or $9 million, and it was used in recruiting, and we all uh, knew it would be. There is a limited amount of money, though, at every school. I mean, there, there's not hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So at, point, at what point, and I'm using Cooper Mays as an example, to use some of that NIL money to keep a guy that's a bona fide player at this level as opposed to using it, using it in recruiting. So I, I think that's been a really fun uh, evolution of NIL to watch over the past couple weeks. But Because I don't know about you, but I'd rather spend money on uh, Coop, uh, Brew McCoy, Jalen Wright than three guys coming out of high school that I hope are, are pretty good players. Dylan Sampson supposedly a little ticked off again about playing time in that last game. Anything going on there? 
I think it's something worth keeping an eye on. He also posted, uh, you know, going back home, returning home. But that could have just been a Thanksgiving thing. Um, this would not be the time, I believe, if you're Jabari Small, the other backup tailback or Dylan Sampson, to make a rash decision because let's wait and see what Jalen Wright does because he's going to get the lion's share of the carries if, if he returns. My thing with Dylan Sampson is I hope he's aware that he's the guy that comes in when the defense is a little dogged, is a little beat down. Does he want to take the very first snap uh, from from center? I'm I'm not sure that he does all the time, but I think he's he's very good when he plugs in there and he gets a, a bit of a gas defense. I think he has great physical ability. Let's continue to show that he has great field vision uh, to be a great all-around back. But right now, I, to me, he looks like the great, the, the best change-up back going, and I don't know why you would mess that up other than he sees himself as something different. Number 44, Herring, from Murfreesboro and his brother's a freshman defensive end, is lost at linebacker. I have heard some chatter that maybe if is Pete. By the way, is Peely coming back? And if that is the case, that might shoo him away. Well, the here here's the thing with Peely. He has to get that six year. So he had an ACL right. in twenty twenty two, and then this year he had the tricep injury. So you would look at it from the surface and say, "This is a kid you should bring back." He missed probably almost all of two years, almost ninety percent of two years because of injury, so it's a kid you should bring back, and we're all loosey-goosey with the COVID rules anyway, Bill, so why not? I mean, why not Why not give you some eligibility? Um, you know, when I look at Herring, to me, and I'm curious to get your, your take on this as well. I know what you're going to say. He looks, like, he looks like a guy that needs to play with his hand down. Correct. Hand down. He's a defensive end. Right, and if that happens, then who knows? You know, he might be an all-SEC defensive end, but he's so out of position right now, I don't even feel like I can judge him as a player based off what I've seen this year. I I don't know his upside because I don't know which position he should be playing, but it's not middle linebacker. Tyler Barron, Norman Lott. Uh, Elijah Simmons has been around a long time. Are all those guys back or just a couple of them? How's that going to sift out? I keep hearing Barron may go and may even forego the bowl game. That's just that that's just scuttlebutt. That's not me reporting uh, anything. Uh, Omar Norman Lott really finished the season off strong. I'm kind of doing some digging into you know how much does he need the money, the financial background, that sort of thing. Uh, would he be willing to make that jump again? It's not apples and oranges because you can. Uh, but if you're a guy like him, you can probably get up to $500,000 a year in NIL money, which is comparable to that seven hundred and fifty grand of the rookie salary. Elijah Simmons is one that I know we both have kids. If, if, he's, if he's one of our sons, you sit down and you say, Elijah, um, you have all the physical tools. You need to decide if you really want to be a tough physical football player. And if you do, you can make millions of dollars doing this. If you don't, then maybe it's just time to time to go pursue trade school or something. Because at this point, he doesn't seem to have the mentality to be a tough, mean football player. I mean, if this guy had Albert Hainsworth's 
attitude oh. during the game. Yeah. And I know that I know that went awry sometimes, but you'd be talking about one of the better players in the SEC, and he's not even anywhere close to that right now. I know. Now, he had a play in the Missouri game where he got really physical. He looked like he picked it up some here down the stretch by his standards. Right. As one guy told me within the football program, he should be throwing people in trash cans almost every play, that he's that physically gifted, and it's just not showing up on the field. Sam Dog in Middle Georgia wants to know who Dave would pick as Tennessee's ankle monitor player. Now, let me explain that because that could mean any number of things. But <laughs> what, what he means is you put an ankle monitor on them to monitor them so they don't transfer, and that would be easy, number eight, right? Oh, yeah. I thought it was stay out of trouble. Guys. Right. I didn't do okay. it first. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, they, if, you, if you talked about players, and it's funny we did this. Now, this, these are not players that we think are going to transfer, but if you made a list of three players that just couldn't transfer, that it would look bad, bad, bad for the program. I think your first two would be Nico, which I, I have no reason to believe he's going to, and then Cooper Mays, and he's not going to. Right. I think those would be two of your biggest blows. After that, I think if you know if you lost to James Pierce, that might be a generational talent. That would be really a bad look for the program. You don't want to lose Brew McCoy. Obviously, there's the injury situation, but I think he moves coverages and moves secondaries around. Um, so I think you really want him back. But uh, but you know clearly that's kind of the short list. I'm looking for a defensive back or a linebacker. I'm having trouble finding one, obviously, after the season. Um, so those are kind of my guys off the top of my head, uh, but especially Nico and Cooper. That, like, If they up and left for whatever reason when the transfer portal opens on December 4th, it would not just be a blow from a, a player standpoint. It would be an aghast uh, what is going on with the program. Dave Hooker off the hook sports. George McIntyre is their class of 25 quarterback. It looks like LSU may get the top-ranked kid out of Michigan, the five-star quarterback. That's not done. It's them in Michigan. And McIntyre is also looking at LSU and Alabama and whoever else, Clemson, among other UCLA. But then you have Madden, uh, the, the younger brother of Nico, who apparently just this year blew it up out west. Are they flirting with him? That's the same class, yes. isn't it? Y- yes, and he's definitely visited. And I think that uh, in this uh, transfer portal world, we don't know what quarterback recruiting is going to look like. And you've covered recruiting every bit as much as I have, if not more. And it used to be, what did Philip Fulmer say and all the coaches? Well, you want one guy in every class. Yeah, but let's be honest. One of those guys was like a three-star, barely hanging on. He went to Johnson. City, he grew up as a ball. Right. You were going to get him for depth. Nowadays, why not go out and swing for the fences and get the very best quarterback you can? Because you know what? If Nico or the Merklinger kid or McIntyre or any of them don't like it, you can have a frank conversation at the end of the season and say, hey, I think you, you may need to go somewhere else. Back in the day, those conversations would burn you in recruiting. But with not having to sit out a season and potentially paying for 
your school. That used to be the rule. If they didn't clear you, you had to pay for your own school. There was a financial penalty for an amateur athlete, which was absurd. But since the rules have changed, I don't think high school coaches view that as bad of a thing as, as they used to. So why not churn through two or three, four or five-star guys every two years and, and find who rises to the top? And, and those that don't can still go on and have fantastic careers at other schools like, like Missouri or Liberty. We've seen that happen with some Josh Hopwell guys. What's the plan with Nico in the bowl game? I, I, I'm scared to ask. <laughs> well, you and Dave's plan is Joe <laughs> Milton uh, comes out tomorrow and he says, I love this university. It's fantastic. But I want to get ready for the uh, NFL and I want to open it up to Nico. So I'm foregoing the uh, the bowl game, which is probably going to be the Gator Bowl against uh, North Carolina is what I'm told. That, to me, I mean, you and I are in the same thing. That's content. I mean, that's great content. Right. See Nico handle it from going out there from the beginning. I know what Tennessee asked with Joe Milton. No offense. If he wants a swan song, he deserves it, whoever they play. But, man, wouldn't you just love to see Nico just take that thing for four quarters and – and and see what he could do, especially if they play a guy like Drake Drake May, who the only comparison I can come up with is John Elway, and I don't say that lightly. So, um, yeah, I mean, in, in my dream scenario, that would be mine, but they're going to be very, very loyal to Joe Milton. They're not going to encourage that whatsoever. He's a team favorite and a very good leader. I mentioned this earlier, and I know Tennessee fans are not trying to make you mad. Drake May against that secondary is a horrific thought. That's bad. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're right. I mean, he could, he could throw for 385 yards, and you might have to throw for 400 to beat it. But no, there's no question about that. Okay, Dave, one more time. Ultra-aggressive in the portal, or is that still being sifted through? I think they'll be ultra-aggressive. You and I were texting last night. I think uh, Josh Heifel, though, is going to have to prove uh, going to have to prove that he can be, hit better than fifty percent or less because that's what they did this past year. Uh, they got Dante drops instead of Randy Moss, and I think they're going to have to prove that they can hit at a seventy-five percent clip for it to be worth the trouble. Dave, appreciate it, man. See you next week. Appreciate you. There he is. Dave Hooker, off the hook sports. Brian Driscoll, top of Hour 3, Notre Dame. Oh, man, the news coming out of there. Juicy. J.C. Sherbert, Hour 3, from the Vicksburg.com, Omni Nashville Hotel.